0: Oilers now with Bob Stoffer weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio 630 Chad Well no one's going to make that claim right now about no rain this is uh, this brings me back to 1986 Rained hard that year, all throughout uh, late June and in early July. Uh, I remember working up on the Wabasca River. This is whaters is now Bob Stauffer with you, along with Brendan Escott. And at one point, farmers' cows were floating down the river. That's how uh, pronounced uh, the flooding was that took place in Alberta. And we are—I know—southern Alberta is under a deluge right now, as as parts of BC. And uh, it's coming down, and we'll have a bit of a uh, not-to-rain-on-your-parade, but we'll, we'll we'll tie some songs on today's show uh, with uh, Brendan Escott helping me out uh, tied to rain. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stauffer in the 630 Chad Studios. Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. 16th time, by the way. 16th time in the studio since uh, March of 2020. Uh orders now brought to you by Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. Alberta's number one owner and operator place to buy office IT and supplies. Coming up on today's show at 1220, Edmonton Oil Kings captain, St. Louis Blues prospect. He got into nine NHL games this year. Off to the Memorial Cup, Jake Neighbors. At 12.35, a guy that's uh, in the mix as we speak uh, for a couple uh, senior executive jobs in the National Hockey League. A former GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's the man that drafted both Steven Stamkos and Victor Hedman, uh, despite the advice of his staff that year to draft Matt Duchesne and not Hedman. Uh, from the NHL Network, Brian Lawton. At 1.05, Culta Hockey writer from the Edmonton Journal, David Staples. And at 135 for Legacy Heating and Cooling, our NHL insider, John Shannon. Here's how you get hold of us. You can reach us at any time on the River. Cree Resort and Casino Hotline 780-496-0063 Saddle up for some great country at uh, the River Cree with Tanya Tucker on July 14th and um, Gordon Lightfoot on October 27th. I would categorize Lightfoot more folkish than country, myself. Uh, get your tickets now at therivercreateresort.com, and you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Get the new floors you've always wanted at 143rd Street and 111th Avenue, or head to ashleyfinefloors.com for more information. So, if you have a song that's got uh, rain tied to it, you know, like Red Rain by Peter Gabriel, uh, let her rip. Have at it. Uh, we'll, we'll try to uh, make the uh, best on uh, today's show. We will tell you that Brendan Escott is with us. You can reach Brendan. At Brendan with two Es, Scott with two Ts. I'm available, Bob underscore Stoffer Show Twitter accounts now at about 40,000 followers at Oilers Now. Our top story for legacy heating and cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get up. no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. Uh, Ken Holland is in town. Uh, the Oilers are uh, working on lots of things right now. There was a report yesterday on Andre Kuzmenko uh, meeting... Uh, uh, with the Orders Brass, Kuzmenko represented by the same agent as Evander Kane, Dan Milstein. I know I, I had a different agent say to me, is it possible they would tie the two together in a deal? And I'm like, hmm, because uh, Kuzmenko is likely going to get a one-year uh, contract and then go from there. Where can you drive numbers? Well, I I can think of a place where you can drive numbers and I can prove it. Brendan, how you doing? things are good today. I, I don't mind the rain that we're getting here, only from the standpoint of having a big front lawn that needed a lot of waterings, so okay. this works for me. Alright, so uh, talking about driving numbers, uh, where did Patrick Maroon get his career high numbers with? Well, that would have been right here with Connor McDavid. That, his two highest goal-scoring seasons were in back-to-back years with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh Alex Chason, where did he score his highest career goal total? Hard to believe he was a 20-goal scorer here with Connor McDavid. Right. Um, Zach Hyman, where did he could score a career-high 27 goals. This year? Yeah. With Connor McDavid. <laughs> uh, Vander Kane, uh, pro-rated. I mean, he had 22 goals in 39 games. Guess where that occurred? Right here. If you were thinking of a place where you might have some success to exceed the numbers that you've previously had, I mean, I can make an argument. I had this conversation last night with somebody because we got the Stanley Cup final start in Tampa Bay Lightning. Pat Maroon has a chance to win four consecutive Stanley Cups. And somebody said to me yesterday, "Stop." If Pat Maroon does not get traded to the Edmonton Oilers, he might have been out of the NHL. But instead, he, you know, he was a European big man on ice for the Oilers and meaning that he had the good hands with the size and and Maroon is a smart guy and he he's certainly Capitalized, had a 27 goal season in Edmonton. I think he had 16 goals the next year before he got traded to the New Jersey Devils. Then he signs and say, he hasn't come close to replicating those numbers. He's played further down the lineup. It's a reoccurring theme. You play. I'll take it one step further. Uh, here we go. Two 15 goal even strength seasons for which forward on a much discussed four year contract extension at 3.2 million. Zach Cassian. About the only guy, and I, I think most of us look as an example at Yessa Now, he did have 15 goals last season in 55 games because he missed a game in Montreal due to a COVID situation. But uh, I think we look at Yesa and think he might be the one guy that can exceed his numbers after this. And he has played a bit with McDavid and Dreisaitl. And, and I'm nervous. I'll be frank with you. I'm a little bit nervous about Poliarvi. If the orders were to move him, could he end up going the route of Valerie, uh, you know Valerie Nachushkin? I think that is feasible, uh, but it seems that whoever comes here, their numbers get accelerated, and maybe we shouldn't be surprised when you're talking about a team that's got you know the best player. And I know that Kale McCarr in Colorado took the Oilers out in four games, and some will say, no, Cale McCarr's better than any... Well, you know what? Cale McCarr played on a way better team. Colorado could come at Edmonton and waves, and two of the Oilers' three best players. The Oilers needed McDavid, uh, Drysaddle, and Nurse to be 100% healthy, and unfortunately, only one of those guys really was. And they needed Drysaddle, Nurse to be completely healthy, to have a chance. They lost three one-goal games, and their goalie didn't steal a game for them in that series. So as good as McCarr and Taze played, and they played great, The reality is Colorado had a way better supporting cast and, frankly, better goaltending in that series. You're playing, you come to Edmonton, you're playing with two of the best players in the world since the start of the 16-17 season, the two highest-scoring players in the National Hockey League. It's not even close. Connor McDavid had 33 points this year in the playoffs in 16 games. we, We hear all the time from the guys out in the center of the universe in Toronto and they talk about the greatness of Austin Matthews and how spectacular Mitch Marner is. Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, in 39 career playoff games, each have 33 points. Connor McDavid, in 16 playoff games this year, had 33 points. So... There you have it. Take it for what it's worth. All right, as I mentioned, coming up today in about five minutes' time, we will hook up with Jake Neighbors. But at this time, uh, for clarity and austerity's sake, we are going to go into the orders Now Audio Vault for direct workwear. Proud to offer on-site seams for services and embroidery. Get your workwear and have it customized all in one trip. Yesterday... We had Hart Levine on from Puckpedia because there's been some consternation, confusion, and frankly, frustration, and it's a pure hypothetical. If Duncan Keith retires, obviously, the orders would not be on the hook for the 5.58 million Uh, that his cap hit is, but should there have been a cap credit allocated to Edmonton's way? Because at this time, it appears as though hypothetically, if, if he retires, that will not be the case. Here's Hart Levine explaining the cap credit situation involving Duncan Keith.
2: We're talking about the recapture rules, which went into place in the 2013 CBA, which was for contracts signed before that. That were those big, long back-diving deals. Uh, There's only a couple of them left that are still active. One is Keith. The other one's Shea Weber. And the way that it works is because these teams have these super long deals where the cap hit was way lower than what they were actually paying them for most of the contract, there's supposed to be a penalty if the guys retire early. Um, And so if Keith retires early, Chicago is looking at about a 7 a half million dollar penalty, um, it would be allocated over two years. But the way that calculation works is because the Oilers had Keith at the end of the contract where his cap hit was a lot more than the um, than the, what he was being paid, based on that calculation, they should have like a negative cap hit or a cap credit. Um, and if you look at the 2013 CBA, it's, it's pretty clear in the calculation. Um, but as you mentioned, there's been some talk that the NHL told teams, oh no, we're not going to give teams like a, a cap credit, which raises a lot of questions. Why would the rules change now? (laughs) Because it's the NHL. Only with appealing. The, the Vancouver, I used to go on Vancouver Radio and get blasted, What well, this isn't fair, what's going on, and I said, oh, I don't know, those are the rules, like, yeah, it's not really, doesn't seem all that fair, but those are the rules, and the NHL told them, you know, we can't change them, that's what's written, and now it seems like, okay, well, they're going to decide to be creative and, and potentially change the rules now, and it begs some questions, so, like, there's, there's a $7.5 million cap charge that Chicago should have, but there's this $3.5 million credit that, that should be had, so that over the course of the whole contract it, it like gets to even right so the question is if the Oilers wouldn't get this three and a half million dollar credit what happens to it does, does Chicago get it well that wouldn't make sense So then that means like league wide the salary cap the salary cap space is lowered by three and a half million dollars because the league has just decided to change like a rule um, so how do the players feel about that so there's a lot of questions I, I, it's very confusing why, why there would be some change uh, other than what's written in the CBA
0: and my, my- guess at this time, by the way, and, and here's the deal. Duncan Keith is basically owed $1.5 million in real dollars left on his uh, that lengthy, what was it, 12, 13-year contract with the Chicago Blackhawks at a $5.58 million cap. Yet. I would say it's 30 70 that he ultimately decides to retire. So 70 30 that he continues on. I gotta tell you, when he got picked up by another agency last summer, that led me to believe that the thought process was he'd play beyond this contract. Don't, don't get me wrong. Not at an over, like he would do something similar to what Giordano did with the Leafs, where he signed it a couple of years at 800 or 900k. But maybe he doesn't do that. Maybe Keith's attitude is, you know, I want a couple Norris trophies. I won three Stanley Cups, I want a couple Olympic gold medals. There's a certain threshold and standard that I want to play at, and I don't want to finish my career as a third pairing left shot D which I'm not saying that would occur next year if he came back, but by two or three years down the road would be the scenario. So we'll continue to monitor the situation with both Duncan Keith and Mike Smith. Uh, A note here. Uh, Terry Jones has just uh, put out a tweet that says, uh, My last scoop at 1 p.m. today after beginning my career at the Edmonton Journal in 1967, uh, I received a phone call from Toronto informing me my position had been eliminated by the Post media. Thank you all so much for reading. Hardly the way I hoped it would end. That one comes from Terry Jones. So he started in 1967 at the Edmonton Journal. Uh, Nobody uh, threw his weight around more, specifically with the Edmonton Eskimos organization, okay? The, you know, uh, Terry uh, had a lot of guys nervous over the years uh, with the with the Eskimos. Now, obviously, I know now they're called the Edmonton Elks, but they were the Eskimos for the majority of the time, That for 53 of the 55 years uh, that Jonesy was in Edmonton. Big personality. Uh, uh, Wrote some very interesting pieces, to say the least, over the years. When we come back, Jake Neighbors from the Edmonton Oil Kings on Oilers Now. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. We're going to head straight off to the River Curry Resort and Casino Hotline, and we welcome back to the show a first-round draft choice of the St. Louis Blues. He played nine games in the regular season there. He is the captain of the Edmonton Oil Kings. He's had a really interesting season. Uh, We bring aboard Jake Neighbors. Hello, Jake. It's Bob Stoffer. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Bob? Good. Uh, You know, winning's fun. And sometimes you have some fun because you win. So on that note, uh, did you guys get a little bit of a celebratory time in after you uh, vanquished Seattle uh, on uh, on Monday night here in Edmonton?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, there's obviously some time there to enjoy it and, um, you know, look back at what we've accomplished and it's, uh, you know, a lot of hard work, a lot of sweat and tears go into it. So um you know we're very happy about the championship obviously and and not done yet but um yeah we got to enjoy it there uh on uh monday night
0: all right uh seattle were a big physical tough team i mean that was a real grind against them wasn't it
1: yeah it was tough you know they play a really sound structured game and um you know like you said they're big and they're physical and they like to get in your face and Um, You know, I thought it was a a hell of a series by them. They're definitely, um, you know, I thought our toughest competition and, um, you know, really challenged our team.
0: Tell me about the weight of expectation. I mean, you're on a team with five guys off the Canadian World Junior team, Sebastian Kosin goal; uh, Caden Gooley on defense. I think you can make an argument, the best goalie and the best defenseman in the Western League. Yourself, Dylan Gunther, who got uh, knocked out of the series, and then Justin, sort of a Florida pick. I, I mean, you guys were expected to win. Is it harder with that pressure and expectation, or does that pale in comparison to the expectation level you guys as leaders have for your team? Yeah,
1: I I think it's hard to say. I think, um, you know, obviously when you're expected to win, it's a lot different than when you're underdog, I think. Um, You know, back in my 16-year-old year when we went on that run, it was just, type of feeling in the dressing room, um, I guess, when you're not supposed to win. Um, and uh, I guess this year was obviously a lot different with, uh, you know, us being uh, highly touted throughout the season and, and, you know, looking to do some special things and, um, but, you know, throughout the playoffs, it was a focus for us of just taking a game by game and, and period by period. And, not getting too ahead of ourselves or looking too far into the future. We just uh, we stayed in the now, stayed in the present, and took care of it.
0: We're joined right now by Edmonton Oil Kings captain Jake Neighbors. He's our Oilers now headliner for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Last year, there was no championship to play for. Uh, same The year before, you guys were poised to go on a run. The, the league got shut down. What does it mean you to play for Memorial Cup coming up?
1: yeah it's special um you know it's something a lot of guys on this team have been dreaming about for a while now and um you know we've uh we've come a long way like I said and um, you know the memorial cup's obviously a very prestigious tournament and you know one of the hardest trophies to win and um, you know we're very excited to uh, to get on that plane get down there and um, you know, get on that ice and, and get going in that tournament.
0: All right, uh, it's been a, a, a strain. I mean, you, you've had you've run the gamut this year. You start the year in St. Louis; they loved you. I know Colton Pareko has referenced it, and Braden Shannon has referenced you know how what a great impact you made with that group, and they loved your character. Then you play in the World Junior Team, and it gets shut down here at Edmonton. Uh, and in Edmonton. And in theory, we're going to have a World Junior Championship coming up. I don't know how many of the guys are going to go play in it because they're going to. Want to go to NHL camps it's been quite, and I'll take it back one step further because you guys are playing for something a little bit uh unique but also you know you want to honor a former teammate who who passed away in Caleb Reimer the car crash and actually uh Jake I found out about that through your Twitter account so I know that there uh, Colby Hay grabbed uh, uh Caleb's jersey I mean you guys have run every possible emotion during the court for a bunch of you during the course of this year haven't you
1: yeah, it's been a lot of emotions and, um, you know, a lot of an up, ups and downs and, um, you know, even, like you said, going back to the offseason there when we lost Ramsey, and obviously it's very emotional. It's still hard to talk about and, yep. you know, that we lost a brother like that, but, you know, that was our focus coming into the room was into the season was to win it for him. Um, we knew we had the group to do it and the capabilities to do it and, we knew that's what he wanted. Uh, you know, that kid showed up every day with a smile on his face and, you know, brought his best effort every day. So it was the least we could do for him and his family.
0: All right. Well, uh, TSN's done a great job broadcasting the games, all three series. Have you had a chance to watch the other leagues, championship games? Yeah, we've had the chances,
1: obviously, when, they're, uh, when their games aren't uh, on the same nights as ours and stuff like that. Um, you know, you want to watch and just see – you know, what the hockey's like on the other side over there. And, um, you know, it's been good. It's been good hockey. I think the teams are going to be a challenge for us in the Memorial Cup, obviously, with the OHL playing game seven tonight, We don't know who's coming from over there yet. But, um, you know, St. John's is going to be ready to go. They've had some rest. And, um, you know, Schwinnigan's good. I played with uh, Borgo and uh, Bork at the at the World Juniors there. So I know, um, you know, kind of what those two are about. And, yeah, it's going to be fun. I think the competition's going to be
0: good. We've obviously been watching and we're excited. Jake, go get it. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. Thanks hey, for having me on the show again. You bet. Thank you. That is Jake Neighbors. He is the captain of the Edmonton Oil Kings. It is uh, 1228 in Edmonton. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. We'll be back about 1234 with Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.